Hey guys, welcome back to the Nutrition Expedition. Before today's episode, we just wanted to say, we're not qualified specialists. If you have any issues, see a healthcare professional. The daily posts, including recipes, exercises, nutrition facts, and calorie comparisons, follow us on Instagram at The Nutrition Expedition. Peace. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today we are joined by performance nutritionist, exercise physiologist, and the man behind the Condition Nutrition Instagram page, Mr. Peter Miller. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to it. <laughs> no worries. And it's cool to have someone with a bit of a different accent for once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as you can tell, I'm from Liverpool. A lot of people think I'm Irish since I've been in Australia. It's quite hard to... Um, explain where I'm from but yeah yeah I have yeah. to try and talk as slow as I can got quite a quick actions <laughs> so to start off I just want to ask you how do you actually get into health and nutrition in the, in the space well my story is actually quite a long one really I don't want to give a, a, a life story but so I'll, I'll delve into it a little bit but um I, I left school with, with no grades at all I was a bit of a troubled teenager um, I left school with two um, two grades which was P in history, and this that meant I couldn't get into college and um, to go into higher education. I worked in a DIY store for two years, so um, I was there till about nineteen. And I remember one day we got a new boss, and he came in, came up to me, and he said, "What are you doing with yourself?" And I was like, "What do you mean? What are you doing with your life?" And I was like, "Taking a bath." I was like, "That wants." Why is he saying this? And then there's a sort of a bit of a light bulb moment hit. I was like, I do need to do something now. And then I've always been interested in sport, love football, love um, Liverpool. And then I resat all my grades. Um, and then I'd done an access course, which is like a one year course to go to university. Um, and then I enrolled into a sports science degree. And I remember when I first taught me sports science degree, it was like it was so hard. It was like physiology psychology biomechanics i was like i don't know how to make it here and then i remember my first year i got a first in my physiology exam wow and i was like you know i was like you know what i'm actually I'm actually quite quite good at this you know and seeing people who've come straight from school doing the, the typical route school to university i was like you know what it's gave me a bit of inspiration and thought you know i've got a talent in this so, yeah it's carried on got me a um, sports science degree then done my master's and then um, a postgraduate diploma, and then back in 2017, I started my online consultancy business. And then um, I always had a dream of going to Australia. So one day I had a spontaneous thought, like, you know what, I'm gonna pack my bags and move to Australia. And yeah, uh, never look back. So here I am. That's so cool. That's an awesome story. And um, it's actually quite refreshing to hear that because I feel like that's quite relatable for a lot of people you know not really into school not really into studying that much and I actually had quite a similar experience as when I left school I felt like man I really want to learn some extra things and you actually find you what your interests are I think after school um, for a lot of people so so that's very relatable that's a very relatable story um, but just to move on more to your career um, sort of section um, with nutritionists 
and, and, and you work a lot with um, athletes and, and nutrition to do with athletes. Um, what are the most common uh, problems you see with nutrition, uh, you see nutrition wise for athletic uh, populations, for people that are athletes? I think, firstly, I think many don't consume enough calories to fuel mm. themselves for competition. They don't take enough pro, don't consume enough protein or carbohydrates. Like you'd be surprised how many athletes know little about nutrition, like basic cooking skills, like how how to cook rice, for example. And you know the lack of education sort of leads to poor meal choices. And then when they're seeking out advice, it usually comes from the wrong people, coaches, family. You know, for example, um, combat sports. MMA and boxing, um, bad nutrition, weight making practices sort of ingrained to the culture. And some methods such as laxatives, extreme low energy diets, skipping meals, dehydration. It's been passed down by coaches and ex pros because that was that was the way they done it, yeah. and it worked for them. So you know, I I've worked with boxers before. But I'll give you example. I worked with a boxer, and um, I got his food diary off him weight making and he was consuming a diet coke and a six inch subway sandwich so that was his that was his daily meal plan I was wow. just like that's crazy yeah. and like you've probably seen on the news like recently with um fatal consequences of like make weight making practices yeah there's been like a couple of deaths so like dehydration stuff and back in the early 90s there was i think it was three wrestlers from the same camp who all died from dehydration yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot of these sports have got the ingrained sort of bad nutrition practice in the culture. Um, also, there's like a rise in, you know, the rise in social media can be a good thing because there's a lot more researchers who are promoting good advice, but there's also a lot of bad advice as well. You know, the trend diets, the supplements. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm, dismissing like veganism and stuff like that but you know um a lot of vegan athletes they're doing it for the right reasons but they're not actually consuming enough food like yeah. I, i've worked with vegans before and the diet's obviously low low protein calcium iron and it can be big it can be big big problems long term so yeah there's a there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of issues of athletes definitely yeah, cool. And going on from this, I just wanted to ask you, how do you actually set up meal plan preparation for athletes going into competition? And what are some tips around this? Um, it's a good question, really. It's, I try and give a concise answer because mm. each sport has different demands. You know, a meal prep plan for an MMA athlete who needs to lose 10% of his body weight one week before his fight, it's got to be completely different to a rugby player. Yeah. Who's setting off a game day? But you got to look at every aspect, really. You know, the traveling, the time of competition, where they're staying, and um, you know, if they're staying in a hotel, have you got access to food? You know, in some cases, I, I've never experienced this, but some fighters like if you're fighting abroad, access to bottled water. Yeah. You know, I've had a boxer back in the UK where he was in a different city for the fight, and he had no access to his own food. He just completed his weigh-in, and I'm googling where the nearest Nando's is to mm. refuel for the competition or healthy eating establishment. So it's um, it, 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 it's it's quite difficult, really. I 
Ideally, my, my rule of thumb is you've got to have food which are easy to digest. You've got to be rich in carbohydrates, moderate amounts of protein. You've got to have enough fluid. Um, also, you've got to include foods which are familiar. Like the amount of times I see where people have been given diet, this is even just for the general population, been given diet plans. There's a list of foods and, you know, there's foods which they don't like, but they've been told to eat. And it's like, well, like, well, what's up? It's not a good thing to do. You need to, you need to have foods which are familiar, you know, enjoyable to eat. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite hard to give a concise answer to that because it's, there's so many different demands, but I hope, um, I usually, that real thumb, that's what I try and go for, for competition. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you bring up that I'm a massive um, combat sports fan and it's actually quite, if you see, a tr- you can see a very common trend that the fighters that cut a lot of weight, um, it usually ends up in a bad way and when they go up in weight, they actually perform better because their body's more hydrated, more fueled. Um, obviously, it's different for all sports. Um, some sports require, you know, require more more food than others, and some is actually not not quite possible to eat that close to competition because it's quite heavy on the body or whatever. But um, can you explain? Can you try to explain in a concise manner um, the importance of of having a well fueled body before um, before competition? Yeah, sure. Well, if you if you're talking about sort of intermittent base sports such as team sport, combat sport, carbohydrate is king. Yeah. It's, it's the main energy source. Um, if you don't consume off carbohydrates before competition, you fatigue quicker, your decision-making will go down. Well, in terms of a team sport environment, that's going to affect your whole team. Um, studies have shown that when you consume uh, a low-carbohydrate diet before the game, and then you'll have... Well, you, your carbohydrates are stored as muscle glycogen, so if you have low muscle glycogen source, before the game, you cover less distance, you perform less high-intensity movements, such as sprinting, accelerating, compared to having a high muscle glycogen stores, a high carbohydrate diet before the game. So you've got to take into context. Um, for soccer, for example, the most decisive moment of the game are 75 to 90 minutes. Yeah. So your ability to maintain that high-intensity performance could be the difference between you winning a tackle, Spin for 50-50, creating a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, in terms of setting up what's a good meal plan, for, for example, for pre-game for rugby or soccer player, to increase your muscle glycogen source capacity, it was originally thought that you needed three to four days to do that. But yeah. our researchers found that it's usually 24 to 36 hours you can achieve that. So we're talking 7 to 10 grams a kilogram of body mass so if you're an 80 kilo athlete for example you times up by seven you're getting 560 grams of carbohydrates a day which would be quite difficult eating that amount of carbohydrate eating brown rice and potatoes so you re- ideally you've got to increase your intake of high glycemic index carbohydrates cereals fruits white pastas breads you limit your fiber and fat intake also because that slows digestion down um, so, for example, at breakfast, breakfast the 24 hours before, say, cocoa pops, low-fat yogurt, toasted spreads, fruit juice. They used to say for your lunch, you could have like a chili con carne because it's got a good amount of protein and, and rice and maybe some more bread. Um, 
afternoon, have maybe a protein smoothie. Yeah. Um, and then an evening meal, maybe some spag ball, good, good, good amount of carbohydrates and pasta. And then probably pre-bed, maybe some more cereal, some more, more toast and maybe a protein shake. So that's, I, I, that's what you try and aim for the night before. It's quite hard to get that amount of carbohydrates in, but with your high glycemic index carbs, which you spreads and your toast, you can achieve and targets. Um, also, the pre-game meal is important. So you want to be consuming a meal three to four hours before. So this will be around one to two grams per kilogram of body weight and carbohydrates. So you want to keep foods which you enjoy. Same again with your low fiber, low fat, moderate protein, high glycemic carbohydrates, you know, chicken, rice, potatoes. You don't want to overeat though. Um, because if you overeat, you tend to feel sluggish, which ultimately will affect your performance. But, um, and then ideally you want to be consuming some for one to two hours before, maybe a light snack, um, a low fat Greek yogurt cereal bar, and then during the game, probably gels, sports drinks, um, jellies, they contain about 25 to 30 grams of carbohydrates the bar around 50 40 to 50 so yeah um i hope that covered it i just thought yeah i thought i'd give you from the 24 hours right up to the game what sort of fuel and strategy mm. would be ideal for team sports yeah that, that's really interesting there's, there's such a range there and it shows how much athletes actually need to consume because they think oh i've, I've ate a lot of carbs today but when you actually showed the amount of carbs uh, for example an 80 kilo athlete actually needs to consume a lot of listeners might think, okay, I definitely don't consume enough actual carbs that I do um, need to be consuming. So that's really cool. And I wanted to ask you a question now. Uh, I know my little brother is actually a rugby, uh, semi-professional rugby player, and he struggles with eating on game day. And he's always found found it really difficult to get anything in on game day. He usually plays around 12 to 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So he should be consuming something, but he struggles. So what's your tip? Because I know this is quite common. What's your tip to people that struggle consuming food or getting a lot of food down on game day? What's some foods or tips around this? I think you really, you've got to, firstly, you've got to speak to the athlete and think, what, what's the history? Have they had a bad experience? No, I've had athletes that I've worked with in the past where they like, they... They don't like consuming foods before competition and they've asked them what they've eaten. They're like, oh, I had brown rice and, you know, a fatty steak. And like, well, you've got to sort of educate them. That's not the right food to do. Um, yeah, sort of education. Really. Maybe look into liquid meals. Um, you know, there's, there's carbohydrate powders that you can use. As, and, and they've got a good amount of protein as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult, really. Um, you've just got to educate them on why it's important yeah and, and look and look into the athletes and see you know what's their history behind that um but i ideally would try and get a carbohydrate meal replacement down and then at least you, you've got some carbohydrates before competition that's a good tip yeah yeah and also it's, it's quite uh, for, for me personally i went through a, a period of time where i was trying to bulk up um and I did it. I did it two ways. I did it in an unhealthy way. I was eating fat foods, saturated fats, fast foods, all that sort of stuff, trying to go up in weight. And then I did it in a clean way with more clean um, whole foods. Um, 
But how can athletes uh, or any everyday people find out the food they need to eat to gain weight in a healthy manner? Would you would you recommend seeing a nutritionist or a health food specialist to, to try to do that? Or would you sort of tell them, you know, don't do that and go do it by yourself? Or what would be your tips around that? You've got to look at the two options, really, in terms of the cost yeah. to hire a nutritionist because, you know, a lot of times that isn't, isn't cheap. Mm. So if you wanted to do it yourself, I'd, you know, I'd look on a lot. There's a lot of online calculators. Yeah. Firstly, you need to work out your total daily energy expenses, i.e. the number of calories you burn each day. Um, I, I, I was even Googling before, you know, if you, you, you type that in on Google, there's so many different options that come up. And this, um, firstly, you need to work out your estimate metabolic rate, which is basically the energy you need to keep the lights on, to basically keep the body functioning without any activity. This is about 70% of your total daily energy expenditure. This goes on your height and weight and body fat. And it, oh, by the way, this is this is if you wanted to do it yourself. Yeah, um, yeah so once you've worked out your estimate metabolic rates, if you use one of these online calculators, you need to work out your activity level. So you basically, you take your RMR and times it by the calories you burn during exercise or sport. So this ranges from 1.2 to 1.9. So 1.2, for example, would be, you know, you've got a sedentary job and you don't exercise. And then 1.9, the higher end of the spectrum is you got a phys- physically demanding job example, a labourer, and you train six days a week. So most, most athletes range the higher end of the spectrum, maybe 1.7 to 1.9. Yeah. So then figure, I'll give you an example. Say your rest of metabolic rates would be 1,400 calories a day, for example. You times that by 1.9, you get your total daily energy expenditure of 2,660 calories. So in idea... If you wanted, for example, you wanted to put on some muscle, for, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give a couple of examples. So if you were an athlete, you'd ideally want to do this in off-season. Yeah. So you want to be hitting about 10 to 20% above your maintenance or total daily energy expenditure. So, for example, your total daily energy expenditure is 3,000 calories, it'd be i.e. 3,600 or 3,300 and you don't don't want to be going too aggressive of a calorie surplus yeah because you don't want to be increasing body fat because it's have negative consequences on your power to body mass ratio which would not be ideal in sports such as rugby because you've got your collisions accelerations and stuff like that and you want to be increasing your protein intake around 2 to 2.5 grams per kilogram of body mass so, for example, I'll give an 80 kilo athlete again, so 160 to 200 grams of protein per day. Um, you want to be increasing your number of feedings, so around five feedings a day, so five 40 gram feedings spread evening every three to four hours. Um, high quality proteins, your meat, your fish, dairy. Um, I'll give you an example if you're a vegan athlete, um, many plant-based proteins actually lack all the essential amino acids. 
So you use a combination of them. So, for example, like beans and legumes are high in lysine, but soybeans and, le- and lentils contain leucine. So if you combine them all together, have a mixture of them, you can get all the essential amino acids. Um, in terms of supplements, just for recovery and convenience to hit your calorie targets, add supplement whey, soy, or casein proteins, whey protein or soy post-workout, casein before you sleep. Um, just go on to... So from fat, in terms of fat, I'd probably aim for around one gram per kilogram of body mass. Don't want to be going too high, high in that. And then I'd aim for your remaining calories from carbohydrates. But yeah, um, I'd definitely keep the protein intake quite high. Oh, cool. And I wanted to ask you, based off that, as you said, you don't want to be consuming too much to um, lose the power to weight ratio. Um, but I just want to ask, so if, if someone just wants to try to gain as much lean muscle as they can and minimize the amount of fat they're gaining, how much weight do you recommend they gain maybe a week or a month? Well, this, this, is, a, this is a difficult one because it's, it, some of these um, interventions may take years. You know, say a rugby player wants to put on five kilos of muscle, it's not going to happen over a couple of weeks or a couple of months, it's going to take two to three, two to three years to get a, a, an efficient lean bulk. So I think you've got to be really patient with that. And I think that's an issue, even with the general population and athletes, is they think that it's going to happen straight away. And it's, especially for elite sport, you've got to be, you've got to be really careful and how you design your, your nutrition plans, because as I mentioned, mentioned before you don't you don't want to be putting on too much body fat mm-hmm. this can this can affect you know your your, your endurance performance as well like throughout the game you're fatigued with you know you've got too much body fat on you you know 60 minutes into the game you're going to fatigue quick and like as i said with team sports you're you're not just affecting yourself you're affecting the whole team yeah if you're tired quicker yeah and uh that's and just leading perfectly onto the next question is there's some athletes that actually need to lose body fat, uh, but still be able to perform at a high level. What are some strategies uh, for people that are in this in this position? Um, ideally, again, you'd probably want to do this in the off season yeah. or the preseason, because you know you don't want to go too aggressive because this can all <laughs> the render effect, and this can also have negative effects on performance. Mm. So I'll give you an example, a bit of research. There was this study back in 2010, which um, examined two different weight loss methods between it for elite athletes. So there was a weight loss method of 0.5 kilograms per week, a weight loss of that, so around 500 calories a day deficit versus a one kilogram um, weight loss a week, which is around 1,000 a day calorie deficit. So actually, the, the slow weight loss group actually increased lean body mass, and they actually improved the strength performance. Where the fast weight loss group remained unchanged. So the moral of the story, really, you, you sort of got to be slow and steady to you know win, win the race. Um, in terms of your protein, it, it's pretty much the same as if you wanted to to increase your, your size, you want to be having high protein to 2.5 grams per kilogram of body mass. 
because when you're in a calorie deficit also you decrease your muscle protein synthesis so if your viewers don't know that it's basically the process of building muscle so that drops by around 20 percent when you're in a calorie deficit so then you can lose actually lose lean body mass so if you increase your protein intake around two to three grams above the rda so the rda is the set at 0.8 grams the kilogram body mass you increase it two to three times higher than that so as i mentioned two to 2.5 grams and um, you can actually preserve your lean muscle as well and obviously with the benefits of a high protein diet and um, it's got safe properties so you feel you feel full you know feelings of fullness you know you ever tried eating a, a big steak you know you, you get pretty full off it just from you know because it's got the high protein content and um, also add work closely with the, the you know if you, if you have a personal trainer or snc coach because a resistance training program can also um preserve your lean body mass as well so i'd work work closely with them <clears throat> in terms of your fat intake you want to be keeping around one gram per kilogram of body mass so for example again 80 kilogram athletes 80 grams of fat a, a day you don't want to be going to aggressive because this can have negative effects on your testosterone levels which you know is important um and same again with that i'd i'd, I'd go for the remaining calories that you've got used for carbohydrates yeah cool uh, hope that hope that cover that <laughs> yeah perfect and now i want to go more on to your meal prepping and your tips around what you give to people so I know you give out a lot of recipes to clients and I just wanted to know what are the most popular recipes if you could share with our listeners to give them some inspiration. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a background on myself. When um, when I was living in the UK, I was, um, I, was in, I was doing my nutrition consultancy and I kept on getting asked by people, oh, you know, if only, if only you could cook the food for me, you know, I, you know, I'd be, like, I'm so lazy, I don't want to, I don't want to cook, and I, I saw also a bit of a light bulb moment, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good cook myself, so I started doing meal prep for a lot of my clients, and um, so it gave me good insight to giving recipes, because you, you see a lot of, you see a lot of meal, meal, prep plans it's like chicken broccoli rice and it's like yeah. oh, how boring it's like yeah. how could you eat that how could you eat that like three times a day so it sort of gave me a good experience to so sort of research um like like for example like paellas and burritos and stuff like that and try and make them healthy and give actually some seasonings to these meals because yeah, you, so you've probably tried it yourselves you like you, you may have got a meal prep in the past and it's like yeah eat this potatoes rice yeah no sauce it's just like <laughs> it's so boring Man so boring yeah. um so yeah for so so for breakfast i really i love mexican food so breakfast burritos is always a winner for, for athletes especially trying to feel the day before yeah and um, and so like scrambled eggs lean mints bacon spinach avocado tomatoes bulk it up you know some hot sauce i don't know what people like yeah <laughs> a lot of athletes don't mind having hot sauce for breakfast but then some 
say not to, but yeah, um, smoothies as well. I, I love curries because it's a great way of including vegetables into your diet. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. you know, stir fries, massaman curries. Also, because massaman is the base of it is potatoes and rice, so it's a really good meal to feel the night before. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'd ideally try and use light coconut milk to full coconut just just for the fat content yeah. you don't really be having too much fat but um yeah sort of asian style rices um paellas which are really good because it's got a good amount of rice and carbohydrates um chickpea curry for vegan athletes lentil bolognese um also you know many athletes love pizzas i, I love pizza myself and you know, when you buy store-bought pizza or the Domino's, you know, the, the calorie content of that is, is pretty astronomical. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I try and um, teach them how to make their own with tortilla wraps. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good way. It's, it's a lower-carb option. You can, you can add your own ingredients to it. So, you know, you don't have to put as much cheese on. You can put more veg, add more protein. So yeah, that's that's quite popular on the the lower carb pizzas. And also, if you if you're gonna go completely low carb, um, stuffed peppers are also a good one because you can fill them up with with meat. I usually recommend like slow cooked beef, like mm-hmm. slow cooked Mexican beef, lean mince, chicken, and um, yeah, it's quite a filling meal. To, especially if you're adopting a low carb diet. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you I'm gonna go out to Woolies straight away now and just get everything you just said and try it all and probably blow up my house. So, um, if I'm not here next week, just uh, we got to blame Peter for that one. Um, but um, yeah, just to also that's that's some great great tips. Um, and 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 we were mentioning in the last week's podcast uh, that a lot of people don't like to cook and and. A lot of people just don't even aren't even willing to try it. Um, but I think it's good for yeah. people just to experiment and just to try different things. And if you don't like it, then big deal. You just go on to the next one, you know. Um, but just to move more onto the athlete, um, the the performance side of, of athletes. What are some supplements um, you find are very popular within athletes, and and what are some suppl- supplements that you've had feedback uh, from athletes and they've been like, look, this this feels like it's it's helped me a lot throughout my performance. I think this is another hot topic. Yeah. Um, it's also an interesting topic because a lot of athletes are influenced by the latest trend on social media. So I've, I've had athletes in the past and they've gone, come to you, oh, what, what do you think of these keto salts or these testosterone boosters, this herbal tea, this guy done this and done that. And I was like, oh, it's, it, it, it's quite hard to, to educate them at times because of, because of the boom in social media and all these trends. Yeah. Um, I always remember when I was in university, there was a, my lecturer worked in a elite rugby team and he told us that he had a rugby union player, he was taking up to 18 different supplements wow. and he, he went up to him and he's like, well, you know, what, do you know what they do? He's like, oh no, I just, you know, I just take them. It's like, it's crazy because yeah. there's actually been incidences in the past where athletes have taken a supplement. For example, they've had whey protein or creatine. They've had a drug test. No positive. Like a random drug test, and it, it's been contaminated. Yeah. So it's quite it's quite a dangerous it's quite a dangerous area. You really need to 
Monitor. I always tell my athletes to, if they are, or even just the general population, you know, the general gym goer, if you want to test out and see if your protein part, of example, is batch tested, it's got what it says on the tin. There's a, um, a website, I don't know if you've heard it, it's called Inform Sport. So you literally, you just type the name, for example, um, Optum Nutrition gold standard way you type that in the search bar it comes up it says it's been batch tested the batch number you know it's got what it says on the tin yeah so i i'd, I'd recommend athletes to definitely to do that because you know it covers their back and it covers yeah. you know if, if i was maybe it covers my back as well so mm. it's 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 a it's a it's an interesting area the 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 role of supplements but in terms of my most recommended ones, I'd probably say creatine monohydrate. Yeah. Because, you know, phosphocreatine stores that uh, when you take creatine, that increases that. And then, so when you're performing a, for example, a six second sprint, 50% of that energy comes from phosphocreatine. So if you increase your creatine stores, you can perform at a high intensity. So you think in, in terms of team sports, you know, the amount of high-intensity activity you do, um, that will benefit performance. Um, in terms of at the, in terms of a loading phase, I would recommend 20 grams a day for five days and then a maintenance dose around three to five grams a day. Um, or a lot, a lot of times I've had athletes where they come up to me and it's quite hard to consume 20 grams of creatine per day. So... You can also do a smaller dose of three to five grams, um, but that takes a longer loading phase. It's around four weeks. Also, in terms of just in terms, so for example, in rugby, there's a lot of muscle damage post exercise with the collisions, so fish oils, and they've got anti-inflammatory properties. So ideally, you want to be consuming around one to two grams once you sorry once two servings of fish per week but a lot of people actually don't consume that so if you don't do that i'd, I'd recommend around one to three grams a day fish oil capsules but um this takes around two weeks to enter the muscle so it's about a two-week loading phase um in terms of just general health multivitamins even though you should ideally have um should effort should be made to obtain the sufficient intake of micronutrients a lot of athletes are deficient so it doesn't do any harm if taking the recommended daily dosage around one capsule a day and um, also caffeine this is also an interesting topic I, before i start have any of you ever taken pure caffeine powder before we were actually before we started this episode we were talking about it yeah um not not the not the powder I haven't took. No, but I've talked. I've even heard about like uh, chewy, like something that you can chew on in your mouth. It's caffeine. It's pure caffeine. And then tablets and yeah. stuff. Like yeah. Yeah. So this is this is another interesting one because, yeah, uh, caffeine. You can buy pure caffeine powder, and you know, beneficial effects of caffeine. You, you reduce your pain perception. You, you you're more alert. So you know. 
if you, if you're more alert, you, it's, it's better for performance. Yeah. But there's also the side effects of caffeine. So it's recommended that you take around three to six milligrams per kilogram of body mass. So take example the 80 kilo athlete again, 240 milligrams of caffeine. That's the lower end of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, a can of Red Bulls only 80 milligrams of caffeine. So it's actually, it's quite a lot if you think about it. So yeah. you've got to you've got to be careful, really, because you know, for example, if you take it in the evenings, you know, it can affect your sleep. It can increase anxiety, and you know, if you're performing a training session in the evening, you've got a training session in the morning, and you can't sleep. That's going to affect your performance the next day. So that's true. it's ideally, I'd 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 sort of try taking caffeine in training sessions where there's not as much sort of emphasis on performance or you've got a competition coming up just to try just a bit of a trial and error really um but yeah it's it's me personally i some people are high and low responders of caffeine i'm a really high responder so i can have half a can of red bull and i'm 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 flying. I'm, I'm like, that's all I'm I need saying. to go to. But then yeah. there's some there's some there's some athletes where they'll have a can of red. Bully like, oh, yeah, what, what? Don't feel anything. So it's you've really got to tailor to the individual, yeah. and obviously it, you've got to take into account are they habitual caffeine users as well? Do they drink four cups of coffee a day? But there's definitely performance effects with caffeine. But yeah, it, again, it's a You've just got to tailor to the individual. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and I, ideally, as well, I would like to give you a, a long, long list of supplements. <laughs> but sometimes you just got to be simple. Like there's research on certain ones which have shown a benefit here, but they haven't shown a benefit here. So the ones I recommend are the ones that are the most consistent in the research. Um, and ideally, you don't really want to, you don't really want to be given an athlete. 10 different supplements a day because it's just too much to keep keep up with yeah. you know, I'll give an example for beta alanine I don't know if you, have you heard of beta alanine before yeah yeah do you mean acid yeah so beta yeah beta alanine there's a loading phase of four to six weeks so if you've got an athlete he's taking creatine daily he's taking his beta alanine daily he's having his fish oil his, his, his caffeine it's just it just ends up being too confusing and too much to do yeah. so and the price i just try well. and keep it as simple as possible it, it, the yeah the price, price yeah definitely the price of it as well you know yeah uh, i also i'd mention and say it's not really a performance benefit but you know you weigh in you, you weigh protein powders and your casein because you know just for your convenience for your post-exercise recovery i know to hit them protein targets but there's no sort of performance benefits of that I say it's just a convenient source but yeah I, I, um, I like to give you a big long list but I just try and keep it really simple yeah yeah cool and now I wanted to go on to sports drinks and I know the funny thing is most people that consume sports drinks are the sedentary people that shouldn't be consuming them so who are sports drinks for and when should they be consumed well ideally sports drinks um, they should really be consumed if you're performing exercise above 60 minutes so you see people on the treadmill in the gym and they've got you know 
a sports drink and they're just walking on treadmills like that is that's not that's not doing anything <laughs> yeah, you know these are these are for if you perform because if you're, if you're performing exercise less than 60 minutes you're not good your your carbohydrates though is not going to be depleted enough completed depleted enough for that energy drink that sports drink for example to have yeah. any effect and also if you're wanting to burn fat do you put like I've, I've seen many examples where someone's come into the gym first thing in the morning i'm doing faster cardio oh yeah there's a sports drink next to the tread and i was like eh, that's not faster cardio that's you know you've got a sports thing there it's got carbohydrates and and glucose in so yeah um yeah, the sports things. I, it's 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 mainly for yeah athletes. I wouldn't I wouldn't really recommend it to the general population if they're just you know they're just jogging on a treadmill or they're, they're working out in the gym. You, you're not you, there's there's not much need for it unless you're working like a like a Trojan like doing three hour gym sessions. It's not there's, there's no benefit of them. And in terms of energy drinks as well, you know. The only real benefit to the energy drinks is it's got the caffeine and the carbohydrate content in it. Everything else, when you see the, you've probably seen many, you know, pre workouts and you've got this, you've got that, it does this, you know, L arginine, carnitine, this. But it's only, it's literally, it's only the, the caffeine and the carbohydrate that's actually doing anything. Yeah. So if you wanted to have a bit more of a boost while you're working out, just buy pure caffeine powder. Because then you, that it's it's it work out a lot cheaper. For example, you know my my protein, you can buy a tub of it for maybe twenty dollars, and it will last you about three years. Wow. This is from personal experience. Yeah, it's you know it's it saves you a lot of money buying all these pre workout drinks and energy shots and stuff like that. But yeah, just for the for. For purely energy drinks, you, you're better off just going down having some caffeine. Yeah, so pure right. caffeine. Yeah. So you heard it here first from Peter Miller. Um, if you're going for a walk, make sure you down seven um, Red Bulls, have a Powerade with you, and make sure you drink a lot of uh, sports drinks when you're walking. Uh, so, just to, to go on from that, um, we obviously I'm joking. Please don't think I was being serious. But um. Just to go on, you said that uh, you said that you really like cooking, uh, and you've actually found quite a, a love for different recipes and stuff like he that. He puts the recipe up each night. Yeah, yeah. So then that's that's amazing. And and if you just like to tell us, if you had your ideal day at home, what would a day look like for you uh, in the kitchen? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, when it comes to breakfast, um. I'm a, I'm a creature of habits. I, I just have the protein porridge every morning. I don't, I don't tend to really change from that. Maybe on the weekends, I'm trying to be a bit experimental. I might, might do a little Mexican, Mexican scrambled egg, something like that. Have a bit of inspiration. But generally, Monday to Friday, it'd be a protein porridge. For my lunch, um, yeah, it's it's same again, really. It's pretty pretty standard, sort of a um, maybe like a beef burrito, uh, um, some veggies. Uh, as I just mentioned before, I love I, I just love Mexican food. Literally, yeah. like since I've since I've come to Australia, 
I reckon I'm Guzman Gomez's um, favorite customer. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> like that, 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 that kind of food. Like, so I try and like recreate a healthier version. Even though, to be fair, Guzman Gomez isn't. It's not bad, is it? Too yeah. bad, really, in terms of. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Um, so I try and recreate my own sort of Guzman Gomez, and um, like burrito bowls for my lunch, and then. Because I live with my girlfriend and she is probably, I wouldn't say fussy, but she doesn't like eating the same dinner every night. So yeah. that gives me an opportunity to be a bit more creative. Um, I probably actually thank her for all my um, my new recipes because <laughs> each night, oh, don't you want to have the same foods as last night? Oh, no, don't you want to make something different? Okay. So, yeah, it gives me a bit of an opportunity to um, create new things. But... I, like I, I, I was no, I was no cook. I just sort of learned myself, you know, yeah. just trial and error. Really, mm-hmm. you've got to, you know, I, I was awful at cooking rice, but then you just did a little bit of practice, you know, what the best method is for you, you know, and YouTube a lot of the time. When I'll, I'll give it a little secret, when I started off my meal prep business, I just YouTubed a lot of recipes like healthy, healthy fried rice or healthy paella. And then just looked at that and took a bit of inspiration in that and added my own sort of thing to it. So um, if I was good to give one tip, if I give one tip to someone who's trying to have a bit more variety in the diet but try and be healthy as well, YouTube is a, is a really good way to go. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And I've been following Peter for years and I can say like the, the amount of recipes you put on there and they're not just like recipes that the... Um, average person wouldn't enjoy that. They're basically the foods everyone enjoys, just a healthier version. So if you guys want to find good recipes, yeah. we'll leave Peter's um, contact for Instagram in the description. But he's conditioned nutrition on Instagram. But to move on, I just want the for the last question. I just want to ask you: What is one tip to improve people's health in any way? That's a good question. Um... I always had a, a saying when I first started my uh, Instagram page, like small changes make the big difference long term. So I still sort of stick, stick to that principle. So, mm. you know, example of, you know, right, if, you, if you can cycle to work, cycle to work instead of driving, you know, take the stairs instead of the elevator. If you're going out for the meal, but you want to try and be, you know, you know, quote unquote healthier. You know, if you're having a steak, have salad with it. You know, if you're going for, you probably see it on my Instagram. If you're going for a hungry jacks, get a smaller bag. Don't get a double whopper. Get yeah. a single whopper. If you're getting you know, small chips, get you know, get a large chip. Get a small chips. You know, large coke. Get a medium coke. Just little changes make the difference long term because that that makes you conscious about your eating habits. Then, yeah. and then you know, it's you know. Because you see a lot of times where someone who's be, been eating, quote-unquote, unhealthy for years, you get given a diet plan, it's a, it's a complete drastic change to their lifestyle. And they can't, they can't keep it up. So still consume the foods that you enjoy, but just make little little changes. Take a smaller portion, have a smaller plate, smaller bowl. And, um, yeah, I just I, I believe, I firmly believe that making... Little changes make the difference long term. Yeah, really love that one. And Lockie and I preach that every episode almost. So just 
you don't have to get rid of everything you love just to try to lose weight. You know, you can keep it, but just try to minimize the amount of times you eat it and maybe have it as a treat or something like that. Um, so that's a great, that's a great, one of the good ones that we've heard um, in the, when we asked our guests that question. Um, but just to leave, uh, just to, sorry, uh, sort of finish off the episode, just like to ask you, uh, Peter, where could our listeners find you? Yeah, you can either find me on Instagram, it's condition.nutrition. Or if you type in my name, Peter Miller, Condition Nutrition, that should be most of the time it's the first thing that comes up. There's a little selfie of me with a, a Under Armour cap on, so that's me if you want to find me. Um, also, um, I've got a Facebook page as well, Condition Nutrition, but the majority of the time I use my Instagram page to interact with my followers. Yeah, cool. And we'll leave all of that below, so if the listeners want to find some easy recipes and a lot of good nutrition tips just chuck him a follow on instagram so thanks a lot peter for coming on it's been so informative not a problem i really enjoyed it awesome so um we'll catch you guys next time catch you guys next time make sure you load load up on those sports drinks and energy drinks (laughs) (laughs) see you guys